it's just, you, you just got to, you know, you've got to get in the Word of God. You, you have to as an individual because uh, Satan's tactic is to counterfeit, and, and, he, and he's, pretty, he's pretty decent at it. And, uh, and, they're, and, they're, and you hear communicators, I think, that, that are, haven't, you know, haven't grasped the fullness of, of, the, of the kingdom and how God operates and, and some things. And, and sometimes, you know, those of us who come from uh, a little bit wilder background can rejoice in the fact that we understand how the enemy works a little, a, a little bit because we've, we've come further, you know. It says, it says in Scripture that if you've been forgiven much, you love much. You, you understand the love of God. That's, I would rather have been one of those who never, who never, you know, wandered and just committed my life to Christ when I was three. But there are some benefits, I think, sometimes of, of understanding the depth of the forgiveness of God and, and the counterfeit aspects of the enemy. The reason I say that is, is because... There are communicators out there that'll tell you to follow the peace, and uh, and that's just not right because there's a counterfeit peace. There's a counterfeit peace. There's there's uh, we were just talking just a little bit earlier. There there you know when people are really anxious and they they you know they're suicidal. There's a there's a logical, very tactical. Um, uh, strategy, why don't you just go ahead and end this and it'll bring peace. Everybody still love you. Just heard that just a moment ago. And it's true. It's true. There's a, there's a tactic that would have you destroy yourself. He'll come to kill you and, 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 and to steal from you and destroy you. And he, he'll disguise it as peace because the peace that passes understanding always agrees with the Word of God, Brandon. It always agrees with the Word of God. And you can know that you're experiencing peace that doesn't make any sense because your hope and your trust is in the name of Jesus, the sovereignty, the, the character and the nature of our God. I trust in Him. I trust in that, and that brings peace, that you can distinguish between good and evil. So that brings us kind of into the message this morning. I'm going to kind of just talk just a little bit. We had over 60 guys at the men's breakfast yesterday. Somebody say hallelujah. That was great. Ladies, you're now challenged for Thursday night. 60 is the number of the beat. I think it's actually about 63 or, or so. Right, Richard Allen? Somewhere in that neighborhood, 61, 63, something like that. Uh, is the number to challenge, ladies. I uh, hope you hope you come. It's gonna it's gonna be great. One of the things that we experienced on Saturday was just incredible fellowship. We got to talk and get to meet each other, know each other a little bit better. It, it was really good. So as as uh, Ron brought the word, he he talked about dominion and 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 what Jesus intended and what God did when He created man and all those kinds of things. And that dominion, you know, that that word sounds like dominate, and that's not. What it meant at all, and Ron kind of talked about that. Um, it actually just means to 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 uh, to steward the Word of God. We've been talking about stewardship a lot. We've been we've been liking it to liking it liking it too. Yeah, that's that's really southern. When you're southern, your lips get in the way. It's liking it too. Yeah, that's it. 
It's liking it to uh, finances oftentimes when we think about stewardship, but it is stewarding everything. And when you think about being a Christian, a believer, when you think about walking in kingdom, what you need to understand is you've been entrusted with the word of God and you are to steward it well. You're to steward the word of God well. So not only are you to know it, you are to respond to it by, by doing it. And when you do, the Word of God says, you will make your way prosperous. And this morning, in addition, and, and so beautifully done, by the way, Brandon, what you, how, how he just tied, that, that was the Word of the Lord. I just want to encourage those of you who are discouraged. And there's, I, I think we, I think, and I think it's because of teachers and, and because we don't, we're not grounded as much as we might should be in the Word of God, that we, we get discouraged because we believe and we pray and then we don't see it happen. We believe and we pray and we don't see it happen. And when we do that, we get discouraged. And we do and do and do and then, and then, and then we don't see it happen. But that, this is not unusual. I mean, it's all over Scripture where God did things in pockets and He did things you know, randomly and, and all those kinds of things. And I think what happens is, is we get way too dogmatic on what we think God ought to be doing. And when He doesn't do those things, we get discouraged. And I just want to speak to that before I get to preaching this message. <laughs> and that is this, man. Faith is, faith is believing God is who he says he is when you don't see the thing actually happening. Faith is not this name it, claim it thing, this manipulative energy that requires God to move in a certain way. Faith is saying, God, I know who you are. I believe you you are. I know your word. And if you say it, it's going to be done. And I'm going to stand there till I see it. And I might be like the founding fathers of the faith who never get to see it, but I'm going to believe it till I die. I'm going to believe it till I die because your word is true. And I can count on that. That's faith. Stand on your faith. I was thinking of you, Cheryl, as you, as you deal with a health issue. And there are many other out here who deal with health issues who, are, who have been praying for healing and this and that and the other. And you have to continually come back to God and say, God, I'm not healed yet, but I still believe I'm going to stand right here until you do it. I'm not going to move. I can't be swayed. I'm going to let the peace of God that doesn't make any sense because I don't see anything happening yet. I'm going to stand on that thing. I'm going to stand on that. I think it's, ah, if you'll get a hold of that, if you'll let that sink into your soul, it'll heal you today. And that's what God wants to do. Father, in the name of Jesus, heal us. Heal our brokenness. Transform us into your glory. From glory to glory as we trust and learn about you. Help us this morning, God, I pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. 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 Woo. Y'all ready to go home? <laughs> That's about good enough, isn't it? 
this morning, I just want to uh, just continue kind of in that vein, and, and, and um, we're going to end, we're going to kind of end on Jesus' prayer, and the reason I want to kind of end on that is because of the emphasis that Jesus has on the church and the responsibility of the church, which is us, in this, in this volatile time in America. Would you, would, would you, I don't care which side of the, of the line you stand, we all agree this is a volatile time in America and the history of our, of our nation, one nation under God, indivisible, living in freedom, established on the justice of the Word of God. It's a volatile time, and, and I think this message will help us in this time to, to, to be firm in where we stand in, in a lot of different ways. And how I'm going to do that is I'm, I'm really just going to try to go back to some of the scriptures that talk about Jesus and who Jesus was and who he was going to be and what Jesus says about himself. Just, just what does scripture say about Jesus and, and how he saw himself Especially when it comes to the last night where he's praying for his disciples and then he's praying for you. And, and that last time that he has this time with, with the Father where he can make his request known. I think, I think if you were on your dying bed and you were praying to the Lord for things to come, they would be the things that you valued most in your heart. And so that's what we see Jesus doing. And so let's look at what Scripture says about Jesus. Daniel chapter 7, verse 14. What's really interesting is Paul says this. He says, the prophets didn't even get to see, going back to this faith that we have to live in, the prophets didn't even get to see what the Spirit was giving them to say. They never saw it transpire. They never saw it manifest in front of them, you know, <laughs> which is really interesting when the way Paul presents it, he, he presents it like this, you know, they actually spoke it and they really didn't understand it and they never got to see it. They understood it, but they didn't, they didn't, they, they didn't comprehend the whole ideology until they spoke it and then they were like, wow, what did I just speak? And then, and then they would say, man, man, the, the, I just spoke about Messiah and Am I going to see it or am I not going to see it? I mean, there was this, there was this thing. They were, just, they were acting out of the Spirit of God that was in them. I love how we have to have this dependency on God and how Christendom has kind of moved away from that because I think the most concerning thing that's been presented about the gospel is all you have to do is speak some words up front and in the church and, and, you're, and you're saved, which I think is one of the most scary, uh, deceptive doctrines in the church. Because I don't see that in Scripture. The word believe means to put your trust in God, to put your trust in Jesus and to begin to speak what he spoke, to align yourself with the word of God. And you'll be saved. Now that makes a lot more sense than the, just this coming forward. You have, to, you have to move in who Jesus is. So, so Daniel is speaking by the Spirit of God. And then he says to this, he says, Then to him, capital H, this is Daniel 7, 14, Then to him, 
Jesus was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. This is Jesus we're talking about. His dominion is an everlasting dominion. It will not pass away, and his kingdom, Jesus' kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. So in the midst of this, as believers, we've got to understand that this prophet understood that there was a kingdom that going to be established that would be everlasting kingdom. It would be forever and ever and ever. And so, and so uh, do I hear something? Uh, somebody's recording it. I'm, I'm sure that's what they were doing. Uh, anyway, where am I? I'm so easily distracted. Oh, thank you. Kingdom. And so Isaiah is prophesying this. I mean, Daniel is prophesying this. And, 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 and then we get to Jesus, and, and Jesus, when he shows up on the scene, this is what he says. Listen, it's important that you understand it. He says, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. Wait a minute. Well, why did he use those two terms? Because we, were, we had gone astray. We weren't thinking quite right. We needed an adjustment in how we viewed things. And so he's saying, hey, make, an, make, an, make a mental adjustment to how you're viewing it because the kingdom of God is here. Align with it. Align with kingdom. Align with kingdom. And so Daniel is saying that this thing is going to happen and it's going to be forever and ever. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 27, Jesus says, All things have been to delivered to me, capital M, by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father. What, what I want you to see is in that, in that scripture, say this with me, all things. All things. He has dominion over all things. That is, principalities and powers and and enemies of, of the heavenly realm, and, and unbelievers, kings, dictators, presidents, everybody. Say all things again. He has dominion. He is the king of kings. He's the king of kings. He is the Lord of Lords. Why? Because he has been given, delivered, he has been delivered dominion over all things. By who? By Father. No one knows the Son except the Father. Nor does anyone know the Father except the Son. And the one whom the Son wills to reveal him. Who he who is going to who is Jesus going to reveal? The Father. He, he, his job is to reveal the Father. Now what he says is, is that he is, he, is, he is leading us by responding and doing and, and, and being in concert with the Spirit as he's filled with the Spirit in concert with the Father. He doesn't do anything except when he sees the Father doing it. He doesn't do anything unless he hears the Father saying it. He doesn't even say it. He doesn't say anything unless the Father says it. Now, this is a challenge for the pastor. Yeah. 
because he expects me to respond in the same way. And I can tell you, in a day's, in the life of a day, I would hinder to believe that I might just say a few things that weren't generated by the Father. No, don't be looking at me, I'm looking at you. Would you agree? And, and, and there's this expectation. Repent, for there's a way in the kingdom that's upon you. Right? We're, we're to respond to it. There's expectation. Because Jesus, the Son, wants to reveal the nature and the character of the Father. And we have to respond to that the way he wants us to. Philippians chapter 2, verse 10 says that at the name of Jesus, Every knee should bow. Say it again. Say that with me. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. The name means who he is, his character, his nature, his doings. It's everything. It encompasses everything that God is. And it says that every knee will bow at the name of Jesus. Those in heaven, those on earth, and even those under the earth. In the, in the evil morning. Every knee will bow because he's been given dominion and everything has been, all things have been delivered to him. Are you, are you tracking with me? Have you seen that this has already happened? Do we see it everywhere? We do not. We don't see that Jesus Christ has dominion over everything. I mean, we, we, you know, all we got to do is watch the news. All we got to do is see. I mean, it's just, it's just there's so much evil being reported. We know that that's not Jesus. That's not kingdom. We understand that the things that we're still seeing don't man, hadn't manifest what's going to happen when Jesus comes back, where there'll be no more sin. There'll be no more sin nature. And Satan and all his thugs will be cast into a pit. And all those people who do not choose to know the Father will join them. Every knee in heaven and earth and under the earth. Jesus says in John, he says, listen. He said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Jesus' mission, and Jesus was all about doing and finishing the work that God said. That is called stewardship. There was a mission and a plan by God for Jesus, by Father God, for Jesus God. And Jesus said, that's my food. My food is to steward this thing, administer this thing exactly the way the Father has planned it out. When you get a hold of the fact that the kingdom of heaven is near in you, that he has a plan and a purpose for you. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. When you get into the thing that, you, that, that how you carry out those plans Adequately, how you bring kingdom to every situation is to come into agreement with the will and the way of God, to administer and steward the word of God. And it says that if you'll do that, it will produce what it was sent to accomplish. 
And so our whole focus is to know the Word and let the Word of God be transformed by it, including whether we're anxious or fearful or have peace or not. We need to know that we have peace because we're standing on the truth of the Word of God and nothing else. Everything is, is based off the stewardship of the Word of God. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 22, it says this, Jesus, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God, angels and authorities and, 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 and powers have been made subject to him. Let me read that one more time. This is Jesus raising from the dead. We see it in Acts chapter 1 where he ascends in the clouds like he, and he'll come back in that same way. But he ascends and the disciples and those around see this great ascension and he says he has gone to heaven and, and he's seated at the right hand of God. And angels and authorities and powers, whether evil or good, have been made subject to him. He is king of kings and Lord is lords. He's not going to be. He is king of kings and Lord of lords. Everything has been given unto him, has been delivered to him. It's already happened. And there's going to be a day that there'll be a new heaven and a new earth, and there won't be any more sin. But until then, the, the mandate of the church is to be conformed into the image of Christ so that we actually have the ability to show people the same glory that Jesus showed us. And there's no way to do that by, by thumping your Bible, beating people with it. Don't you know the word? You heathen. It's just, it gets ridiculous when we think about how we're supposed to love people. How we're supposed to really be in, in the church. The church is just big business these days. In relationships, you know, if you have them, good. If you don't, I guess you'll have to survive because we got to do the show. And if you pull relationship out of the church, you don't have nothing. You are absolutely inadequate to produce kingdom. Because everything about kingdom is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and spirit. And love people as yourself. End of story. That is the law and the prophets. It's all about relationship. And, and so Jesus is saying, I've already done all this. This is who I am. And so then, he, and then he, he, he says, so if this is who I am, this is who you are. So what does Jesus say about how we should approach the world that we live in? I mean, if we're believers, what are we doing well? How You know, if God said the kingdom of heaven is upon you, repent. What do we need to do? Repent seems to be such a bad word. It's not a bad word. It's saying, it's saying you're missing it. Come on. I mean, it's an encouraging word. I mean, wouldn't you do your kid? You know, come on, bud. Hey, 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 hey. Come on. Let's go. You can do it. I mean, we, we look at Scripture like it's like, Rrr. it's not. It's exhortation. It's encouragement. It's saying, come on. I've got plans for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Come on. Come on. 
Let's do this thing. Let's get this thing right. Man, I, I got so much for you. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of light. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. I know that's who you are. God, come on. He said, come on. Come on. So he wants us to approach the world a certain way. And there's, and there's, there's an M.O., there's a motivation to God, and, and that is to reveal his glory. Isn't that weird? I mean, some of you know what you've done in the past. Some of you know what, what, you, what you've been. I mean, Satan just bombarded me with all my mistakes last night as I'm trying to prepare for this marriage. You remember this? You remember this? You remember when you did this? I mean, this is pretty deep in your character. Isn't that the way Satan works? You going to preach this? Yes, because God always uses the abased things of the world to confound the wise. And I qualify, hallelujah. Isn't that right? You know, he always wants to say, this is, this is why you don't qualify. And God's always said, that's exactly why you do qualify. Because I came to, so that I could glorify myself through the abased things of the world. I want to show people who you are. And they'll know that you had no ability to do that on your own. There was no way you could pull that off. It's only God that can make that happen through you. It's God and God alone. Because that looks like something that I know you're not. And so God wants to bring glory through the church. He wants, to, he wants to show who he is through you as you become like him and no other thing. He doesn't want us to prove he's right. He doesn't want us arguing people, trying to make them feel how foolish they really are for, for the way they think. That's not what God wants us to do. He wants to, us to love them and manifest the goodness of God so that people will be jealous of what we've got and they'll say, I want some of that. Good gracious. Romans chapter 12. Oh, no, let's, let's go with John chapter 15. Can't skip it. John 15, 19, this is Jesus. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it. This is, what does Jesus say about how Christians should, should approach the world? He says we're, we're sojourners and we're foreigners. We're ambassadors of the kingdom. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it, but you know, are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world so the world hates you. It's interesting to me how the church in the last 30 years has done everything in their power to make the church like them when Scripture tells us that there's no way that we can be like Jesus and the world love us. <laughs> there's no way that can happen. It isn't going to happen. We're going, to be a, we're going to be a reminder of sin. And either they're going to want to repent or they're not. 
but they're going to hate us until they love us. Romans 12, 2 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Say that with me. Don't the behavior and the customs of this world. I like the idea of taking back the arts, taking back the creative. Don't copy them. Show them how it was created to be done. Teach them what the kingdom says about creativity. Look around and let all creation shout the creative glory of God and emulate that. Show them that you can be creative without being trashy, without being demonic, without being evil. Teach the world how to be creative. Don't, don't copy their behavior. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn how to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Say that with me. Good, pleasing, and perfect. Do it again. He's got a good, pleasing, and perfect will for me. How do I accomplish that? Don't model your life after the world. That means America, people. Amen. America is not the kingdom of God. I love this country. I serve this country. Capitalism is not the kingdom of God. Neither is socialism. Neither is communism. They're not. They're not. It's just, it's just that we in our nation have to understand that we are, no matter what government we're under, we're under kingdom. John chapter 12, verse 26. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. Y'all need to say that with me. If I follow Jesus, say it. If I follow Jesus, if I do what Jesus does, if I think like Jesus thinks, if I, if I speak like Jesus speaks, I will be honored by the Father. First John chapter 2, verse 15. Do not love this world, nor the things it offers, you, for when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. Let me say that one more time. Do not love this world nor the things it offers you, for when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers... Now, now, now you think he's talking about the dude that was 10 that walked up front and said, yeah, I want to do it, but loves the world. I'm just asking. See, we can mess all those things up. We can make it an easy listening gospel, very easy, because we want numbers. We want to report to the district. <laughs> we want to be popular. We, we want to be right, you know, and so we do those things. But this is what it says. It says, if you, do, if you love the world, you don't really love the Father. The love of the Father is nothing for the world offers you only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see and pride in our achievement and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. 
and this world is fading away. Say that with me. This world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. Do you think that sounds like eternal life? It does. James chapter 4, verse 3 through 6. I'm giving you a lot of scripture because I don't want you to have any doubt. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that Scripture says in vain, the Spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously, but He gives more grace. Therefore, He said, God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. So that just sets up what God's expectation a little bit is, not only of who Jesus was, what the Scripture says, but of, of who we are as the church and how we're supposed to live in this world as Christians, how we are to approach things. But what, and, that, and that takes me to the prayer of Jesus because Jesus is going to pray. He's praying for his disciples to be able to deliver the message that he has brought to them effectively so that you and I, when we hear the message, we'll actually respond to it righteously, rightly. And when we respond to it rightly, we'll begin to emulate Jesus. And when we emulate Jesus, then the rest of the world is going to be attracted. And so Jesus is praying for the results of those two things. And he says this, and we're, gonna, we're just going to look at some of the things that are so important to our approach to have a biblical worldview toward, toward our lives and understanding of kingdom, and so we can tweak our thinking. We can repent. We can adjust. So Jesus is in the, he's in the garden. He's praying. He says, after these things, Jesus looked up to heaven, and he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son so he can give glory back to you. Why would God the Father glorify the son? So that the son could give glory back to the father. For you have given me, for you have given the son, Jesus, authority over everyone. Say that. You have given authority over everyone. It's done. You've already given it. Jesus has authority over everyone. Now, I want you to think of people that, 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 that you've given up on. People that you don't, might not necessarily, you love them, but you don't like them very much because you're required to love them. You're just not required to like them. Right? He says, he says Jesus has authority over them. One of the, how about the atheists? How about the, the transgender? How about the one who has a political worldview that's opposite of yours? Jesus has authority over them. Everyone. It's been given him. He's praying this to the Father. He gives eternal life to each one you have given me. You, you've given me authority over everyone, and, you, and Jesus gives eternal life to each one that the Father has given him. And this is the way to eternal life. Somebody say this with me. 
This is the way to eternal life. Come on, help me. This is the way to eternal life. It's not going up into the church. It's not praying with a preacher. It's not the magic formula. All those, those things are, are good. Those aren't negative things. But the way to the Father, the way to eternal life is to know the Father, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. How do you know that? You have to know him. You have to, you have to understand his character, his nature. You have, to, you have to be passionate about being in friendship with God. You have to love the Lord. It's not this easy listening spell that you say that gets you into heaven. It is a heartfelt desire to know your God. And when you know him, you can say, I have eternal life. He says in verse 4, I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work that you gave me. Did you see what Jesus just said to the Father? You bring glory to God by completing the assignment he sent you here to do. It's the only way. It's the only way. Now, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. <laughs> that is so beautiful. I have revealed to you the one's you gave me. I have revealed you to the ones who you gave me from this world. They were always yours. Say that with me. All oh, predestination. Say that. Let me say that one more time to you. They were interesting thought, isn't it? I just messed some of your theology slap up. Well, whether you believe he's sovereign or whether you believe he's predestined, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter to me. What really matters to me is God knew beforehand, before the foundation of the world, that you were going to be his. He knew that. He's not surprised who comes and who doesn't. He is the sovereign God of the universe. He's not a human that's exalted. He is God. He created all things. He spoke the universe into existence and is still being created. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. God, say that again. Say that. And they have, now they know that everything I have, I have is a gift from you, for I have passed it on to them the message that you gave me. They accepted it, and they know that I came from you, and they believe you sent me. They trust that you sent me. My prayer is not for the world. Ha! <laughs> but for those you have given me because they belong to you. All who are mine belong to you and you have given them to me so that they bring me glory. Now we're going to bring Jesus glory. He brings the Father glory and now we're going to bring Jesus glory. Now I'm departing from the world. They are staying in this world, but I'm coming to you. Holy Father, you've given me your name now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. During my time here, I protected them by the power of the name you gave me. I, I guarded them so that 
Not one was lost except the one that was headed for destruction, as the Scriptures foretold. Now I'm coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them in this world so that they would be filled with my joy. I have given them your word, and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. Jesus is saying that we don't belong to the world any more than he did. And so the world hates, hates us. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. How, did, how are we made holy? By the truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Is there a common theme here? <laughs> Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world, and I give myself as holy sacrifice for them so that they can be made holy by your truth. Why did Jesus die on the cross? Why did he make himself a holy sacrifice? So we could be made holy by the truth. I'm not praying only for these disciples that are standing here, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. May we be unified together, exhibiting the nature and character of Christ, saying what we hear him say, doing what we hear him do, so that we can be as effective as the disciples and as Jesus was in our ministry, in our assignment that God may it be our bread. Then they can all see all the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. Oh, righteous Father, the world doesn't know you, but I do. And these disciples know you sent me. I have received you to, I have revealed them to, I have revealed you to them, and I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them, and I will be in them. And so today, as we look forward, as we move, as I close here, I've got a few scriptures that I'm going to read as well. As we look forward, we understand that Jesus has authority over everyone. Say this with me. Jesus has authority over everyone. Eternal life is described by Jesus as to know the Father. That you know the Father. You know his character. You know how you, 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 you want to be like him. He, he's your he, he, he's your heritage. He's your, he's your everything. You love him. You know him. You want to be like him. And that's what eternal life really is when you see that being manifested. We glorify God by completing our assignment well. The assignment is completed by keeping his word. And if we keep the word, the world will hate us. Say that with me. If I keep the word, the world's going to hate me. But I'm not going to hate the world because I'm commanded to love my enemy. So that makes you different than the world because the world hates you and you love them. And that's kingdom. We are like Jesus in that we are aliens in this world. 
And we are made holy by knowing the truth and responding to the truth. Your stewardship of the Word of God brings glory to God. My stewardship of the Word of God brings glory to God. Listen to what Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 20, the gospel according to Jeremiah. Listen. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches. But let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and he knows me, that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in this I delight, says the Lord. 1 John 5, 9, we know that we are of God and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. I know that. I'm not confused by that. I understand that. 2 Corinthians 3, 18, but we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are, are currently right now being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So this morning, know your enemy. Know your fight. Know what God asks of us. Know that we are to reveal the glory. We are to bring glory to Jesus like he brought glory to the Father. That's the call of the church. How do you do that? <laughs> you steward his word. You steward the word of God. And you repent and align with the kingdom. Father, in the name of Jesus. Help us today understand that we don't glory in how good we are, how smart we are, how talented we are, how successful we are. We glory in how well we reproduce your character and your nature. And we're not condemned by it, God. We're challenged to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, by changing the way we think, by aligning ourselves with the word, being stewards of what you've given us. And so this week, God, we just recommit. We recommit to believing and knowing that your word is truth. And the truth of your word makes us holy. If you could, just sitting where, where you're sitting, could you just hold your hands out in front of you like you're about to receive a gift? I think the Lord wants to give you a gift today. And that gift is this. <laughs> Say this to the Lord. Lord, I know everything I've done. And I no longer am identified by that. And I've said that to you before even. But I'm, 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 I'm re-upping that ideology. I'm re-upping that, God. I'm saying to you, Lord. Yeah, that's hard to say. I'm saying to you, God. I know I need to do it afresh and anew. I'm not qualified. But you are. Your grace is sufficient. I'm not condemned. I'm empowered. You told me, God, 
that you would fill me with your spirit and that would empower me to behave like you. And so I say yes. To your spirit and to your word. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.